Well, g'day everyone, I'm Sam. G'day Sam and I'm Mike. And we are the Extras and welcome. Week three, Michael. Week three and we've got an extra extra this week. Extra extras. Welcome Gary. Read all about it. Welcome everybody. Hello everybody. Nice to have you with us, Gary. We're uh, we're here. Uh, what are we doing here? We uh, get together uh, midweek after a big Sunday night. Um, so many questions come through on the text line at, at night church, and uh, we we just don't get a chance to answer them all. And so we, we take stock midweek and try and address some of the ones that we just we don't get to uh, on Sunday night. That's it. And they're always very helpful questions. They always make us think a bit harder. And hopefully, uh, you'll find this helpful as you continue to wrestle and get wisdom. Yeah, today uh, you get the dulcet tones of the building site in the background, so you know you can <laughs> point out some things that you hear, see so if you can pick that piece of machinery or whatever it is, put right. it in the comments, we'd love to hear it. Now, speaking of dulcet tones, Sam, your, your voiceover on the video, you know, caused a lot of attention. Yeah, look, I think I've got a future there. Um, <laughs> Just quietly, I, you know, I, I do like Kevin McLeod. If you know who Kevin McLeod is, the, uh, the the presenter on Grand Designs, and I, I've always said to myself, you know, ministry goes bad. There's no no future for me there. Then I think I've got a future in TV production and you know architecture voiceovers in particular. All the best for that, mate. Just don't go anywhere. No, no, I'm sticking it out. Don't, don't, you don't give up your day job. <laughs> oh, no, thank you. Yeah, but uh, well, I think we got some positive feedback on that, and we'll do some more drone stuff, and we'll get some more footage of, of what's happening. It's and, pretty uh, exciting, mate. It was a great video. Thanks for doing it. Yeah, no worries. It's good times. Now, uh, we're not here to talk videos or buildings. Uh, we're here to talk Proverbs chapter 3. And Gary, we had you in the pulpit Sunday night. Yay. Thank you for serving us. Yep. Um, tell us, what what were your, what was the big idea Sunday night? Just remind us, get us into the zone. Yeah, it was all about the getting of wisdom. And uh, many people in our area think that we become wise through education, through the development of our own personal knowledge. But what Proverbs tells us is that we need to be humble. Uh, not rely on our own understanding. Actually start with God in trusting in the Lord. And uh, actually the foundation of wisdom always is the fear of the Lord, seeing the world and the things around us through uh, the grid that God gives us, the reality of God, and ultimately for us today through the grid of the gospel. Mm. So that, that was my big idea for Sunday. Excellent. Yeah, thanks, man. Very, very helpful stuff. Sam, we got some questions, mate? We do. Um, we've got a, three or four questions to do with today. And uh, the first one, it comes out of Proverbs chapter 3, uh, verses, 10, uh, verses 11 and 12. Uh, sorry, v- verse 10. 9 and 10. I think. 9 and 10. You got them there for us, mate? Yep. So verse 9 says, uh, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crop. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will will brim over with new wine. Sounds pretty good. Yeah, so the principle there uh, seems to be honour God with your wealth yep. and uh, then vats will overflow. There'll be lots of, you'll have plenty. Yeah. Um, and the question has come through recognising the sort of, um, the, the way that we're understanding um, Proverbs to be about probability rather than promise, which has been a really helpful kind of what we call a hermeneutic, a way of understanding, a way of reading the text. Um, but the question still comes through, even if it is a probability rather than a promise, Shouldn't we see more comparably rich Christians, say to non-Christians, um, if First Ten as a probability stands true? You got some thoughts on that, Gary? I do. I guess the first thing I want to say is that in, in terms of honouring wealth, uh, honouring God of our wealth and receiving uh, blessings back, we need to understand the context there is actually one of obedience, that there were commands to God's people at the time, and basically what Proverbs is saying is that if you obey God, if you listen to God, and then you will be blessed. So it's a slightly different context for us. Uh, but the, but we can learn from that in terms of, if you think if you're in an agricultural society and you're giving away, you know, 
you, the first fruits of your harvest to the Lord, there is a certain vulnerability there. It's about trust. Mm. It's about trusting. Like, mm. If you trust the Lord, things will go better for you. Mm. Now, having said that, uh, in terms of probabilities uh, and Christian people being wealthier, I think in general that's actually true. Now, there are exceptions. There are Christians in other countries who are persecuted, who are poor as a result of that. But in the West, I think there is a sense that Christians are generally, generally more middle class. And a part of that is uh, education, because uh, being, being a Christian person means reading the Bible and literacy. But actually, being a Christian is a better way to live. Uh, Christians uh, value marriage. They value the development of their children. They, they, they tend to smoke and drink less. They don't gamble. So there are, there are all these indicators. They're actually better financially for people. Um, there's a classic story back uh, in the 19th century with regards to uh, Methodist mission to the Victorian gold miners. And what happened was, as they ministered the gold miners and the gold miners got converted, uh, the, the Methodist missionaries actually lost them from their churches because all, all became middle class and started going to Anglican churches. So over time, <laughs> over generations, being Christian actually leads to the greater likelihood of being middle class or wealthy. So, I mean, would we say uh, kind of we as a country are kind of prosperous because we have a kind of Christian heritage? Is that kind of worth saying? I, I think there's a certain truth to that as well. There is that classic phrase, the Protestant work ethic. There's a sense that, you know, they're, uh, being a diligent uh, person, a person who invests in their community, in their family, uh, out of the fear of the Lord will lead to prosperity over a long time. Hmm. And yet Proverbs, I mean, it's a, it's a funny book in that it, it certainly upholds, you know, that wealth is, is, is a good thing and a, and a blessing from God. And yet later on in Proverbs, we, we, um, Proverbs seems to suggest not just that wealth isn't an ultimate good, that actually, um, you probably know it better than me, Mike, it's, it's later on in Proverbs. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, a fascinating kind of proverb towards the end, Proverbs chapter 30, and you kind of read from uh, verse 7, uh, two things I ask of you, O Lord, uh, do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies from me. Uh, give me neither poverty nor riches, uh, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown the Lord, or say, who is the Lord? Or I may be become poor and steal, and so dishonor the name of God. So that's a really kind of interesting proverb to just balance with, as you say, Sam, all the other uh, gold, so to speak, that proverb gives us in terms of uh, how good... Uh, living wisely can be in terms of the blessings that it brings to say that actually we've got to have a balanced position um, we don't want to be kind of just gunning for riches as if that's the ultimate end we actually need to be gunning for God um, and actually riches can be a danger a trap um, for us and so yeah we need to be careful on that uh, we actually don't want to be kind of mixing up um, uh, the importance of God with the importance of riches Mm, that's really helpful and I mean that just shows you how important it is to just keep reading the whole counsel of scripture um, that one verse in and of itself is never a good guide to the, the Bible's theology on everything mm. <laughs> and uh, you can grab verses like this and say yes wealth is ultimate but actually you've got to read the whole of Proverbs and see well it's good it's a blessing from the Lord but actually wealth can be a curse it can lead you away from, from honouring God and yeah yeah, okay, good. That's really helpful. Thanks for um, walking us through wealth here. I've just heard the van pull up into the, uh, the, window. the driveway. It's got, it's got new windows. It's looking good. It's repaired. Anyway. The that, red van is back. That's exciting. All right. Uh, we've got more questions here. Um, 
Uh, Gary, on Sunday night you were talking to us about God's discipline mm-hmm. and uh, helpfully pointed us towards the fact that sometimes, and, and Proverbs um, 3, 11 says, don't despise the Lord's discipline, uh, the Lord's instruction, my son. Don't loathe his discipline for the Lord disciplines the one he loves just as a father, the son that he delights in. And uh, uh, so the question came in in light of that um, discipline idea, which is how do you know um, whether something that has happened to you is God's discipline or is just something that happened? Um, is there a, a trick to telling, reading mm-hmm. the circumstances, this is what God is trying to teach me here? Can you shed some light on that for us? Yeah, I think it's difficult. I mean, sometimes you just don't know. I mean, it's it's, it's hard to know uh, what lies behind those circumstances. So I think that the what, what, what Proverbs is driving us towards is actually an attitude, an attitude of humility, an attitude of openness to correction. As we look at the circumstances around us, it, we're asking ourselves the question: What, what, what am I to learn from this? How, how is this going to help me be more like Jesus? How is this going to help me to trust in the Lord more? Uh, it's, it's really easy to get bogged down in specifics, and that's why I went on to the question about uh, being superstitious. That we can always have this kind of one-to-one relation: something bad happens, I did something bad; something good happens, I did something good. Rather, I think what Proverbs is driving us to is not that, but to that attitude that the Lord loves us. That, that things can go wrong in our lives, that we can suffer, but this is all part of the Lord, Lord seeking to grow us and develop us to be wise, to trust Him, and to be more like Jesus. Hebrews 12 sort of um, points us in that direction as well, doesn't yeah. it? In, that it? And the command there is to endure hardship as discipline. Um, and so perhaps less important than understanding God's intention in trying to somehow read the tea leaves of life and go, this is what God is, uh, this is what God is doing here. Just to say, look, if I'm, if there's hardship happening, my goal is to try and uh, work out how I might become more like Jesus. That's uh, right. Be disciplined uh, rather than try and understand what God is trying to do in the, in the circumstance. Um, and uh, there's, there's helpful saying sort of rather than uh, trying to ask uh, how can I change my hard circumstance? Rather, ask how can I let my hard circumstance change me exactly. to be to be more like Jesus? I guess, that, yeah. and that's actually a harder question because it's easier to go and fix the problem, but and you do want to fix the problem. Yeah. That, that's a good thing, but ultimately you want to let um, God fix us and become, yeah. yeah, less. I mean, that's the point of discipline, isn't it? It's, that's it. The discipline is about correction. It's about you know setting a person on the right path. And with mm. the father and the son, actually setting the son of a path to wisdom mm. and so when bad things happen rather than saying God doesn't love me God's letting bad stuff happen to me actually God is probably loving you more through that uh, because he, he if he doesn't love you he wouldn't discipline you yeah. so. which is actually really hard to live out isn't it because I mean you might be listening to this podcast and you might be going through some really hard stuff um, but yeah to see it as not an absence of God's love but a presence of God's love that I mean that's something that takes wisdom Mm. It's a worldview shift, but it's the one the scriptures give us, isn't it? Absolutely. So, yeah. So I guess I just want to say, you know, if you are struggling at the moment Mm. and you're struggling to see that this could be the loving hand of God, then, yeah, it'd be good to kind of pray about that and to ask people for help on that one. Particularly if you're struggling alone, um, come and have a chat to a leader about Mm. that one. Yeah. All right. Um, Mike, uh, sorry, Gary, you mentioned in in that last point about superstition. Yeah. Um, And someone's actually texted in about superstition, um, making the point that superstition is is kind of believing that things happen because of our actions. Um, But sort of saying, well, isn't that true to an extent? If if, if the sin, if the action is that we sin, and then the kind of uh, thing that happens is that God disciplines us, isn't there a sense that there is some superstitious thing happening here? Can you can you 
I mean, uh, yeah. it, it, I think what I was the point I was trying to make was that it's not a one-to-one mechanism. That you know, when we do something bad, something bad happens. Some, we do something good, something good happens. There's a God involved in all. There's a God who is sovereign, who is loving, who is in control, and can show us grace. Sometimes we do something bad. And don't, God doesn't give us a bad thing in response. And, you know, the obvious example is we've sinned against God and deserve judgment. He sends Jesus to die on the cross for us. So there's grace in that as well. So I, I think there is more to the circumstances in life than we do something bad, something bad happens. We do something good, something good happens. So we need to be really, really careful of that. Now, can God do that? And does God do that? Yes. But we can't always discern it, and it doesn't always happen that way. So that's that's what I was. That was the point I was trying to make. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, Jesus talks about um, how God sends His rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Yeah, Whereas I think superstition would say, "Be righteous and you'll get rain," <laughs> yeah. or "Be unrighteous and you won't get rain." And so you're like, "Quick, I've got to make sure I'm doing it right so I get the rain." Yeah, Whereas the other examples in John chapter nine, you know, well, you know, uh, this man was born blind was because of his sin, or the sin of his parents. Mm. And Jesus says, "Neither." So you see, my glory, basically. So again, we've got to be careful careful that we don't instantly I mean it's it's terrible in terms of interaction something bad happens to somebody they develop an illness or some unfortunate circumstance that falls upon them and then we become like Job's friends don't we and say mm. you must have done something wrong to deserve that mm. and you hear awful stories about um, people who are going through tragic circumstances and a friend will say to them well this must be God's judgment on you for that That's thing right. or something like that which I mean far from being pastorally very insensitive <laughs> it's also just not not true it's mm. not necessarily true That's in that right. Um, God may have something to teach us through, as we said before, whatever hardship we go through, but it's not that one-to-one mechanistic uh, way of life happening. God is often uh, very gracious and also often does stuff that we don't understand and may not understand until we get to glory when we'll be able to look back with the the, the beautiful 2020 hindsight that that will give us. And and when we see him face-to-face and we'll go... I see what you're doing to me there. And mm. this goes back to reading the whole of Scripture and reading all the wisdom literature together because the book of Job talks about that. Mm. That's the book of Job. Yeah. So you've got the kind of like the mechanical world of Proverbs mm. which needs to be set, aside, set right next to the book of Job. Mm. Where, and, and what Job can never see is what happens in Job chapter 1 which is that yeah. there's a spiritual arena in which the Satan is operating and yep. God is operating and God is working for his glory. Yep. Um, and Job has no access to that, does he? And That's right. uh, ultimately, he's got to hold out that the secret things belong to the Lord, yeah. uh, and and he doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, but Job's friends, they bring proverbial wisdom to apply mm. to Job's circumstance, not knowing that background either. Mm. So Proverbs is wonderful, leads you to wisdom, but if it's not applied correctly, mm. then you'll end up in foolishness. Yeah, so there's a great sense here that the wisdom as wisdom literature as a unit, we need to read it all. That, yeah. that's very helpful. All right, last one, Gary. Um, uh, someone's uh, put a put a question into us about uh, whether or not it's actually possible to kind of live out the proverbial wisdom um, because of our sin. So, therefore, because we're sinners and we're broken inside, um, can can we actually do what the proverbs tell us to do, and therefore get what the proverbs promise us, or yeah, probability that we will yeah get? Is it does sin wreck everything, and we just can't do any of it now? <laughs> The answer is yes and no, isn't it, to that question, like like a lot of them. We can't do it perfectly. I mean, sin means that even the thing in front of us, which is obvious that is true, that we want to do, uh, we don't end up doing it all the time. So none of us are perfect. So uh, the answer is no, we can't do it perfectly. Can we do these things, though? Yes, absolutely. Uh, because uh, as, as Christian people, uh, God God has made a home in our life by His Holy Spirit, and, and God, through His Holy Spirit, is transforming us into the likeness of Christ, who is the ultimate example of wisdom. So there is a sense that 
uh, over time as God works in our lives and changes us that more and more of what we find in the Proverbs and we, more and more of what is wise uh, should be part of our life and the part of the way we do things. So we, uh, we may not be perfect, but we must progress. Mm. Yeah, that idea of progress is, is um, really, really helpful there because I think um, that, that's what God calls us to, not, not perfection, but, but progress. Yeah. We will be perfect one day when we see God face yes. to face. Um, and I guess that then perhaps the, the thing to look for is, is there progress? Um, am I wiser now than I was 12 months ago as a Christian or am I still making the mistakes uh, that I was making 10 years ago or 15 years ago? Um, that, that, that's, that's something for us to, to ponder, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, back when I first became a Christian, I, I remember uh, meeting up with my friends and I decided not to drink that night. I used to drink a little bit and just watching them drink and, and I thought, wow, you know, it was such a contrast. And again, you know, it's just, it's just, just things like that over time. Yes, you, as you see where you were and where you've come, it, it's, it's helpful to see that God has been at work. And I guess just, I don't know, sometimes we're our own worst critics in this. So you might think, well, I look back over the last year and I can't really see a lot of progress. Um, and if that's you, um, maybe it's even worth asking people around you, can you see progress in me if you can't see it yourself? Because sometimes we can be our own worst or harshest critic, but other people might be able to see it in you. Mm. Um, yeah, I find one of the things... This is a discipline my wife has uh, a, a really strong hand at in that she uh, keeps a journal of her prayers. And uh, I think that's a, a beautiful discipline, um, not just that it makes her, I think, a better and more organized prayer, yep. but there's something lovely about looking back at the prayers that you prayed 10 years ago and <laughs> remembering the things that we were working through as a couple. And I think then seeing actually God has grown us a remarkable amount because these were the things that were on our hearts and on our minds. And you can see back in, in yourself back there ways that you were quite immature and quite needed to grow. And God has graciously, sometimes through discipline, sometimes through a correction in a sermon or a word from the Bible or whatever it is, has done his work in you. But you just, it's such a, sometimes it feels quite gradual and it's hard to think, have I made any progress? And like you said, become really critical of yourself and mm. get despairing. But actually, if you've got a tangible thing to look back on. Um, I know some growth groups do that as well. They keep a, a journal of their prayers nice, and nice. can then look back and see what was going on in the group 12 months ago and go, wow, we've grown this year. This is good. Yeah. And uh, there's, there's something to that as a kind of habit, I think. Um, Sounds very helpful. Yeah. That's our questions for today on the extras. Um, Gary, you're with us again this weekend. Yep. Uh, can you give us a quick sneak peek where we're going? What's our passage? Uh, we're moving on it's chapter 3 verse 13 to the end of chapter 4 we're looking at the value of wisdom why, why is it so valuable why does the Proverbs speak so highly of it why is it so worth giving up everything to pursue basically mm. and I'll give you the answer on Sunday <laughs> <laughs> or you could read and find it yourself oh absolutely <laughs> please read in advance or both <laughs> um, Mike we're also looking at uh, sharing some problems at night church before we start what's our reading passage for this, oh, this week you put me on the spot there Sam Have I'm I? thinking it's 1819 yeah I hope that's right <laughs> I think we're doing that Texas City if we're wrong yeah, that's right we're <laughs> looking enough. forward to it this week and uh, thanks for listening uh, we, we love your comments we love your questions keep them coming uh, they're a great blessing to us and we hope that we can serve you by giving you some insight Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week on The Extras. See ya. Bye.